Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Restoring Grace Radio on blogtalkradio.com. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you for joining us either live or on archives. Restoring Grace Radio is here to provide online lessons about the Christian faith, our history, our documents, and how to express our faith to a very needy world. Thank you for listening, and now, on to our broadcast. Welcome to Restoring Grace Radio. My name is David Fournier. I'm the senior instructor here at Restoring Grace, and welcome to the Zohar and 15 show. Today, we're going to be talking about understanding our circumstances, understanding our circumstances. But before I do that, for those of you who listen to the radio program, if you have any interest in having me either communicate with me, you would like to invite me to speak, you can reach me at D-F-O-U-R, and the number is 26 at gmail.com. That's D-F-O-U-R-2-6 at gmail.com. You can also look up Restoring Grace either on Facebook or Twitter. And the phone number for me is 719-309-8311. Today we'll be reading from the Zohar, Volume 5, Chapter 10, called And Jacob Awoke. We're in paragraph 64 and page 48 for those of you using the English uh, version of the Zohar. And we'll also be reading from Genesis, Chapter 28, verses 15 through 17. Have you noticed that life is a process? It's, it's one of a path of transformation. Who we were 10 years ago in many different ways, the kinds of foods we like, the people that we're with, the job that we have, the age of our children now compared to the challenges that we face, we're constantly evolving. And you either evolve with that and you move with it or you try to stay in your same, you know, same ways and same means and you just keep having these constant problems but it's a path of transformation. We're not here to become the same people we were before we began Christianity, before we began our faith practices, before you started to study Kabbalah, before you started any of your studies. You're not here today saying, man, 10 years ago, I started on this path, my spiritual tradition, my faith practice, and I'm so glad that I'm exactly the same as I was before. No, it's a path of transformation. Now, often what happens is we desire instant gratification. Instant gratification, which is kind of the antithesis of what the scriptures talk about, which talks about building a vessel so that we can contain what God is giving to us, the light of the creator, building a a vessel that we could share from. I mean, we live in the fastest, or at least the fastest I've seen it, we live in the fastest society I've ever seen. I mean, I can send a message from here to one of my kids in Texas. This morning I was texting my son, Matt. I sent him a text message you know, with my thumbs because I'm a thumb typer, and I sent it to him, and five minutes later, he responded back. 
And then I responded, and two seconds later, we're communicating, I don't know, 1,300 miles away in, in seconds, something that 100 years ago would never have been, release the pigeons, would never have been accomplished. And we've got that instant gratification. We've got fast food. We've got the drive through we got the order ahead. Now you can order ahead and park in the parking lot and sit out there, and they'll run out and toss it in the window at you. This is great, except what it's doing is it's stopping us from the important part, which is building things that have lasting fulfillment. Building a vessel is very important because it's where we store the light of the creator. It's where we store the gifts that God gave us in turn that we could share with others. But if you want lasting fulfillment, meaningful achievement, that's going to take time. It's going to take process. And this process also allows us, by the way, to be co-creators. God working through us, us working through our challenges and situations, co-creating a better life, co-creating a better situation, co-creating basically, and I love this phrase, participating in your own rescue. And the other thing it does is it helps remove the bread of shame. This is a Kabbalistic principle I want to talk about for just a moment. The bread of shame means things that come into our life that we simply don't earn. Like, for example, somebody, you know, God forbid, passes away in your family and you get an estate. You get $10,000 or $100,000. You didn't particularly earn that money. You just kind of were the person that was in line to get it. Another thing about the bread of shame, let's say, for example, you're a golfer. I play Frisbee golf, so we won't talk about that, but you're a golfer, and somebody hands you this golden golf club, and it says this golden golf club was forged in the golf heavens, and every time you swing, you'll hit a hole in one. And you're like, well, they have that. So you go out there with your buddies, hole one, hole one, hole two, hole one. By the time you get to hole six and done, you're 12 down. You've only swung six times. Every time it's gone in there, your friends are amazed. You get to the whole 18 holes, and everybody's like, we just witnessed a miracle. Until the next day, and you do it again, and you do it again. At some point, you know that you're doing it because of what this club can do, not because of your own abilities or your hard work or your dedication. That's the bread of shame. We don't want bread of shame. We want to fight. We want to have a, a transformation. We want to evolve in our circumstances. We want to create a vessel that allows us to gather and appreciate blessings, to appreciate good things in our lives. You know, time is a very bad measuring tool. It's also a great deceiver because it fools us into thinking, oh, we got plenty of time for that. I want it now. I don't know if I'm going to have a future. I, I want things right away. But really what happens is time can also become a benefit when we start to practice delayed gratification. I don't need this right now. I need to work through this. I need to see where I'm at. You ever notice that when in times of joy, when things are going good, you could care less about the process. You could care less if, if the world's falling down around you, if the house smells, and you, you don't care about the process. You're like, oh, they're, they're great. Everything's going my way. You're singing songs from musicals while you're driving. But in the times of pain, all of a sudden the process and the time becomes a huge issue. Why is this going on so long? We start to complain. We start to judge. We start to criticize. Every situation we go through – has potential, potential for good, has potential for evil, has potential for transformation. How do we know how to work that process? Well, that's crucial that we know. I want to tell you, read a story today about a man in the Old Testament named Jacob. And as you're reading the book of Genesis, man, things are happening so fast. We're in chapter 27. The world's been created. We've had a flood. We've had Tower of Babel. We've had all these things happen. Just amazing things happen. And now we've had Abraham. We've had Isaac. And now we're at Jacob and Esau and their story. 
And now we're heading for an even more popular, well-known story. We're heading into Joseph at this point. But Jacob is having a dream in a place that eventually would be known as Bethel. And in Genesis chapter 28, in verse number 15, God speaks to him in his dream and says, Behold, I am with you, and I will, go, I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So God tells Jacob in this dream, I'm with you. I'm with you. And you would think, you would think that would bring certainty to Jacob through this test. But now when we go to read 20, uh, chapter 28, verse 16, listen to what Jacob says. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. Okay. But next he says, and I did not know it. Now, this is a puzzling statement coming from Jacob, who's just had this dream. He's just witnessed the presence of God. How did he not know? How did he not know that God was in this, that God was in it? We all know that God exists. We all profess it in our faith traditions. We understand these everywhere. We even teach little kids that, these everywhere. By the way, we need to stop teaching people that God is watching us to catch us in the act of doing something wrong. The reason why creator created us, the reason why he watches us is he loves us and he enjoys his creation and he's watching us to catch us in in the act of doing something right. But there's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Now, in a minute, don't get all cranky with Jacob. What he says makes perfect sense when we get to verse 17. But there's a big difference between knowledge and information. We live in an information society. They're even proud of it. They say that, oh, we're in an information society. This information society is not helping us understand our circumstances at all. Because people will come in. I don't know about your work, but I know at my work, people come in and say, I saw this on YouTube. It only takes 10 minutes. Well, the video only takes 10 minutes. I saw this going. They have so much information, but they don't have the hands-on experience. They don't have the heart for it. They don't, they've never done it themselves. You could study your faith practice for 40 years, but still not make the connection. Still not make the connection you're supposed to make. The idea of, of it, by the way, is twofold. Number one is for, us to, is for us to achieve a significant and amazing transformation, becoming all the things that God wants us to be. And number two is to help God in his journey in repairing the world by sharing what we have received with others. But if your information, all these things you've learned over your 40 years of your faith tradition, did not benefit your transformation. You're the same person you were 10 years ago. Remember, we talked about that earlier. Or you have not been part of appearing the world. What good has it been? The Apostle Paul talks about that in the famous love chapter in Corinthians in the New Testament documents when he says, you can do all these things right, but if you don't have love in your heart, it's just a bunch of noise. Now, the Aramaic has a really cool term. It's called avil akini. Avil akini. And I know I'm slaughtering that, but just be patient. And what that means is empty air, empty space. It's when things that are done or things that are said, they make no sense. They, they aren't changing anything. Things are staying the same. I want to read to you that passage out of the Zohar now. Again, we're reading Zohar. We're reading the uh, volume, volume 5, chapter 10, and, uh, and Jacob awoke, paragraph 64. And Jacob awoke out of his sleep and said, Surely Hashem is in this place, and I knew it not, Genesis twenty-eight sixteen. He asked. The rabbis are talking now. It is a wonder that he did not conceive such great knowledge. The rabbi says, the meaning of the, and I knew it not, is similar to the meaning of the verse, I have not made supplications to Hashem from 1 Samuel 13, 12. That is, I knew it not, were words of union and devotion, as are the words, I have not made supplication. Jacob is saying, this was all revealed to me, and though I have not attentively searched to know the holy name, Yachanai, 
which is the Shekinah, the glory of God, and come under the wings of the Shekinah to become a whole man. And we know that there's something really unique because Jacob realized that he had not yet had time to absorb what had happened, to respond to the invitation from the king. He has this now I see it moment. And he wants to prepare. We'll see an answer to that in just a few minutes. In many circumstances, people that we deal with, especially the difficult ones, are channels to bring the light to us to help our certainty. There are four things I want you to write this down now. This is very important. Four steps I want you to take. Challenged in a circumstance, you're thinking, man, I know God's here. God was right in that dream with Jacob, and Jacob said, I knew it not. But we're going to see what, how Jacob responds. He's, he's a good dude. He's not off the hook. Watch. Number one is you need to be real in your circumstances. You're going to have a lot of people who are going to say to you, it's all for the good. It's all for the good. And in sense, it is. But we've, you know, we've had a death of a child in our family. I know people, friends on Facebook and different people that listen to the show have told me about tragedies they've had. Yesterday was 9-11. A lot of people were, were reliving the heartache of losing loved ones. It's really kind of sickening to me that we would walk up to somebody and say, it's all for the good. We need to be real in our circumstances and understand that while that may be true, it still hurts, and you're still in pain, and you're still mourning, or you're still suffering, you're still working through it, and that's okay. That's okay. But being false in your circumstances, not pretending it doesn't hurt, pretending it's, it's all for the good, and not really internalizing that and knowing it is not good. Number two, acceptance. Acceptance. Yes, this is real. My tough circumstance is real. Yes, I'm really going through it. Yes, God is still around. But often we're asking God to parachute down some special assistance or remove us from the circumstance instead of realizing as you read the Old Testament documents, you read the patriarchs, God doesn't come down and pull them out of situations. God allows them to survive through those circumstances. Number three is ask for help from wise people, from leaders, from teachers. Blame is not helpful. Blaming everyone's not helpful. Get with some people that have been through that that challenge. You suffer in the circumstance you've been in. People that care for you, get some good people around you. But I want you to read now, read with me, Genesis chapter 28, verse number 17. And Jacob now, realizing what has happened, says this. He was afraid. That word afraid doesn't mean like scared of the dark. He's talking about awesomeness, the reverence. And said, how awesome is this place? There is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven, is the gate of heaven. Why would he suggest that he is he's heading, towards, uh, heading towards dealing with his brother Esau? He's getting ready to go spend a long time in, with a very wicked man, Levon. He has all these challenges ahead of him, and he says, this is the gateway to heaven. And when I'm suffering and I'm enduring hardships, the gateway of heaven is not the first thing I would call it. But Kabbalah teaches that the greatest source of light is often exposed in the darkest of times. Let me say that again. The greatest source of light is often exposed or revealed to us in the darkest of times. We need to be real. We need to feel our pain. We need to be angry with the events around us, straight with God. Don't worry, you're not going to hurt his feelings. And we also realize that some degree of good, some point of redemption may arise from our challenges. In a sense, like a spiritual recycling, that something great can come from it. Is that easy to see? It is not. 
Is it easy in, in your time of it? No, but that's why we go back. Be real about your circumstances. Understand the challenges that you're up against. Accept them. Ask for help. But think about that. Birth something miraculous from the event. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. And again, I thank you so much for joining us, either live or archive. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Zohar and 15 show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.